Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes, a real play Call of Cthulhu RPG campaign using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. Your investigators of the unknown are George Gallagher as Chuck Blaine. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Matt Zelish as Daniel Williams. Stop, you! And Brian Johnson as Samantha Sam Brewster. Katie, no. Katie. Who would name their their child Samantha Sam Brewster? I mean... It'd be too tough to say Samantha Sam for short Brewster. She needs a middle name, but we can't think of another one. Just use the first one again. It'll be fine. All right. How are we doing tonight, guys? What are we drinking? I'm eat drinking. What do you, what do you eat drinking? I'm eat drinking uh, Boomstick Brews Blood and Black Lace. It is... Michigan cherry. Oh, it's so good. It is named for a uh, Mario Bava movie. Well, aren't we all hoity-toity? Mm, the bourbon barrel and the, the cherry. Mm. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm drinking a stone Zocovesa. It is a stout brewed with cocoa, coffee, peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Yummy. I'm just drinking root beer because it's what I happen to have lying around. Shouldn't you put it in the fridge? No, it's canned. It's perfectly safe. Yeah, don't let it lie around. You should put it in the fridge first. Some easy root beer lying around. We're going to take just a quick little break. uh, So we have a commercial for you. And now, a word from our sponsor. Would you like to earn some extra income? Have you ever considered modeling as a second career? Hello and good day to you. I'm Richard Upton Pickman of Pickman Studios, and I'm here to tell you about a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In just one midnight session, I can transform you from a rotting corpse-like ghoul into a ravishing beauty on canvas worth hanging in the Louvre. How do I do it? Simple. First, I travel to your place of residence, whether that be the simple graveyard plot of the Magnificent Sepulchre, wherever you've been hiding out and supping on the flesh of the dead, hmm? Then, I perform the ancient rituals from the Necronomicon to bind you, ensorcelling your tortured soul until you've got no choice but to follow me. Finally, back in the basement studio, you'll learn the fine art of sitting in one place, while I immortalize your visage in muted oils and extract the secrets of your unliving existence. When our session is complete, you'll be more learned in the ways of modeling, and it'll be five whole dollars richer, hmm? Should your simulacrum sell to a suitable collector, you'll also receive 20% of the sale price guaranteed. Future sessions are strictly voluntary, with the same profit-sharing partnership. So... What are you waiting for? Send word to Pikmin Studios via carrier pigeon or bat or rat or spider or whatever have you. Who knows? Maybe I'll be painting you tonight. And we're back. Wow, that was a great commercial. I'm going to go out and buy seven of those right now. I'd highly recommend it. They're on sale now. Great. All right, uh, so we need to recap. This is uh, Chapter 2, Episode 10, Dark Angelus. And we would like, uh, how about Matt? Would you like to fill us in on what happened in the last episode? I can. So this takes place a couple years after the Green Grove episode. Things have changed slightly. Chuck likes to drink a little bit more. He uh, lost some money in some real estate. Yeah, until one day when we got a letter from Paramount requesting our presence. We 
hiked over to the studio and found that Alfred Hitchcock himself had a request. We were to go out and find a one-stand-bro fee, seeing as he had recently disappeared, and that was very much unlike him. So we uh, took a stop at his office, but no one was there. Went back to our office. Uh, Daniel did some Rolodex fingering and came up short. Sam made a couple of calls to uh, an operator. We just got the same information we had about his office. And then at the uh, very end, Dan made a call to the office to see if anyone would pick up the phone. And he got a little bit more than he was bargaining for. And that's where we pick up this episode. So Daniel has the phone cupped to his ear after having listened to some weird distant voices. Sam? Mm Mm-hmm. I think we're in this again. Yeah, I think you might be right. What did you hear? I wasn't sure. I mean, it was ringing, and I was pretty sure that it was just going to, you know, go until I stopped. But there was, uh, uh, like, a double click. Like, you know, someone picked it up and set it down. And then, like, way off in the background, it uh, sounded like someone really high, like, almost tinny kind of voice uh, asked if I could hear them. And then the line went dead. Hey, why don't you put it on a speakerphone real quick and, and try calling back? Let's see if it if we can duplicate that. Okay. And I'll listen in. Okay, so I'm going to put our phone on speakerphone and redial Klondike 8496. It rings five times and then disconnects. I'm telling you, it only rang three times. No, I believe you. It's just something about that voice. Did it sound familiar? No, it was just... I mean, it was not quite human to me. It was really, like... Someone talking into a tin can, almost. If you know, like that. Not really, human. It's just something about that unnerved me. Well, according to the boss, we're going to have to wait till morning to go in and check with the secretary. So, I think we've pretty much hit a dead end for today. Let's go. Let's go fill in the boss and let him know what we found out. Good idea. Hopefully, he's not uh, passed out on his desk this time. I dumped his bottle out. He better not have another one in there. We got a job. Every time we get a new job, I empty the bottle. So we can focus. That's why I'm losing all the money. (laughs) Sam keeps pouring out all your alcohol. (laughs) That's it. Just because you buy Jameson doesn't mean you own stock in the company. Rolling for fine new employees. (laughs) Walk up. Hey, boss. What do you want now? So, Sam got the phone number for the office from the operator, and I dialed it up. The phone rang three times. And there was a, a double click, like someone picking the phone up and setting it down, almost. I didn't know you could count that high. Congratulations. In the way, in the background, almost like someone standing on the opposite side of a room, there was a, a really high, almost tinny voice, and it sounded like someone was asking if I could hear them. But we still don't have a home address, right? No. Uh, Sam, did you get the home address from the operator? No, no home address. Uh, The only address they had listed was his work one where we've already been. So I think our next step is probably going to speak with the secretary tomorrow morning. I think you're right. Well, if you don't need me anymore, I'm going to go ahead and and head home. Yeah, if we're done here, I have a couple of auditions that I booked. All right, 8 a.m. right here. I'll show up around 9.15. As uh, you guys exit, Sam and Daniel exit the office uh why don't you each give me a spot hidden roll oh boy first roll of the night first roll of the night late september back in that answer your question oh 
Brian, what? Seventy six or below, and roll the seventy six. Is that uh, are those six you just added? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And that weird kid needed a forty five or below. Wow. And you rolled a fourteen, so that was a very good roll. Uh-huh. Very nice. Thanks. Uh-huh. So you you walk down to the uh, corner to grab the bus away from Daniel, who goes around the corner to the parking lot and uh, hops on his motorcycle. And as you put on your helmet, Daniel, you happen to notice a. 1953 Surf Green Chevrolet 150 Club Coupe. It pulls away from the curb just outside your guys' office and sort of speeds a little too quickly away. Hmm. I'm sure it's nothing. Someone needs to learn how to drive. That's weird. Maybe I'm just overthinking this after that phone thing. Oh, well. Time to head off for some auditions. Papa's feeling hot tonight. You pop on your motorcycle and uh, take off back to your crib. Uh, or are you going to the studio trying to pick up some jobs? Uh, I have I have a couple of auditions lined up tonight. Why don't you go ahead and, and give me a luck roll for your auditions? 65 or below, you rolled a 22, so we'll call that a success. Uh, you do land a small bit part, uh, a pretty standard comedy, and you're going to be one of the partygoers in one particular scene, and a robber is going to come in and uh, purse snatch, uh, from one of the guests at the party. Uh, and you're born to play this because the one line you have is, Stop you. <laughs> oh boy, I already know my lines. Yeah, so you might want to go home and practice that up. So. Yeah. Uh, make sure you get the right intonation. Uh, Sam, you take the bus back. You start thinking for some reason a little bit about Katie. You're kind of missing her. Mm-hmm. I know the reason. Yeah, yeah. It's because you're in lesbians. That's true. I'm going to give Katie a call and see if she she's home. And you're starting to wonder a little bit, Sam, that maybe this long-distance relationship shouldn't be long-distance anymore. How do you know what I'm feeling? It's just something that comes over you. Ponder, ponder. And you, and you head you head home. Chuck. Bill. Where's that Where's that bottle you hid? Oh, I don't even hide them anymore. They're everywhere. Every drawer. <laughs> I don't even own files. The file cabinet is just a wet bar. <laughs> Now, this is key. You can define how much of an alcoholic you are at this exact moment. So pick your words wisely. I think he, I think if he you guys said it. could address yeah. your attention to my character sheet under the <laughs> mm, bah, 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 treasure possession <laughs> is a whiskey yeah, collection. Harder? So I'm actually a whiskey collector. So I do have bottles everywhere. Ooh, but that does not mean lovely. that I'm an alcoholic. But I mean, when you replace the filing cabinet with a wet bar, there's something to be said about that. <laughs> Okay, Matt, maybe I just don't have a lot of files. Jesus. <laughs> it's always with a third degree with you. Or maybe those old files are in a storage bin someplace uh, on the outside skirts of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I burnt them. Go out the government finding out what I'm doing. <laughs> Pesky government. Uh, is there anything else you folks would like to do this evening? I'm going to go ahead and, um, and put some nice thought into uh, trying to convince Katie to possibly move here. Now that I have my own apartment and I'm not living with the two girls anymore, I've got a little extra room. That's true. You and Katie have talked about that. I did notice that there is a posting for a librarian locally, which would be fantastic for her, I think, if, if it's something that she's interested in, of course. I want to make sure she's happy. She She's a bit torn, um, and the reason is because her grandmother and her mother... Mm-hmm. Where the the town li- librarians in tradition, Belinda, yeah. So there is a bit of tradition, but so she is really on the fence 
um, right now. It hurts too. Yeah. Be on the fence. It does. Yeah, especially. Yeah, don't want to ride that too. But so, but she is. You know, she's being very conservative, but you can tell that the prospect does excite her, and she just needs more time. Okay, and I'm going to give her that time. Uh, Meanwhile, she would like to come uh, visit you. Oh, Uh, she she has a free week, a free weekend. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, she would love to come up and, and okay. spend the weekend. If you would, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, uh, she sounds good to me. Most of all, she really enjoys your sort of access to the Hollywood scene. She finds that very mm-hmm. exciting. And and in LA, she's using you. Uh, she is. Uh, she she's pretty well off. She has her own money, and she yep. she is she's completely self sufficient. As are you, and so mm-hmm. there is a nice give and take there, where the the relationship is, as sort of uh, equal equal footing, right? And uh, so, you know, some of the times she she'll pick up the check at the dinner, and sometimes you will, and that's just a nice a nice yin and yang. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Let's let's schedule it. I'll pick you up from the bus station. Great. Okay. Uh, you you two set a date, so to speak, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and you you go to sleep uh, feeling just as content and and oddly powerful, mm. as if there's you almost feel as though love is filling you with a supernatural power of some sort. A supernatural Is energy. it love that's filling me or Katie that's filling me with the supernatural? That is the power of love. That's the power of love. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, <laughs> and the news. Daniel, is there anything else you would like to do? Other than maybe get out a couple of really nice stop yous just to. So, just so to you're get doing like a it, taxi you know? driver in the mirror? <laughs> yeah. Stop you. <laughs> Stop you! I like it. It's Michael Rapaport in uh, True Romance. Hey, <laughs> you stop! You. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me just a couple more, just a couple different readings of "Stop You." Stop you! Stop you! Stop you! No, no, stop. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, Chuck. You are. I'm in for the night. Nothing to do. But head home and sleep. So you head home and collapse onto the bed, trusting to the alcohol to suck you into unconsciousness. And just before you enter another night of restless sleep, you hear just the faint whisper of a shower running. Damn it, I left the shower on again. And then you're gone. You're surrendered to dream. Until 7 a.m. I'm pretty sure I told them I'd be in at 9.15. So I think 9.12 is a good time for me to wake up. It's it's actually the same sort of whispering, water-running sound that jerks you out of sleep at 7 a.m. You wish you could sleep longer these days, but it just doesn't seem to be in the cards. I need a new deck of cards. I mean, if you would get something other than the shower-themed alarm clock, it might help. Yeah, that's my white noise machine. I paid $100 <laughs> for that sharper image. 
<laughs> you find that in the yeah, Sky Mall Yeah, I was just going to say that was a Sky Mall purchase. And of course, you know, Sam bounds out of bed at 6.30. She's feeling just fantastic, full of energy. And Singing to the birds. She, she almost, just lightly in the background, almost, you hear I'm walking on sunshine everywhere she goes. <laughs> I'm walking on Pretty sunshine. Pretty sure Casey is not alive at this point. It, you know, it's weird, Sam. It's almost as if you, you're starting to feel like you don't even need sleep that much these days. Hmm. Hmm. It's all the cocaine. That'll do it. Hmm. Well, when you want to get down. Down on the ground. <laughs> and Daniel, you have a rough time... Uh, pulling yourself out of slumber. Uh, the alarm clock has been going uh, off for about 15 minutes, you realize, uh, before your leaden arm slaps it into submission. And you roll out of bed, scratching your belly. Get in my belly. It's another day, but you can just hear that phrase in your head. Stop you. Stop you. Stop you. He ordered the really weird white noise machine from Sky Mall. <laughs> yeah. You record your own message. <laughs> Stop you. Stop you. Stop you. Wow, that Sky Mall catalog that Chuck gave me really came in handy. So, after a quick breakfast, um, in some cases um, a very fast breakfast, in other cases uh, uh, Sam might make herself a nice leisurely breakfast, before mm-hmm. catching, white omelet. catching the bus perfectly on time, delivering straight to the office, she reaches the office before anybody else does. Joke's on her. I never gave her a key. She, she has a really good uh, lockpick, so you know she doesn't need <laughs> That's right. Eventually, you are all there. Chuck, you actually arrive at about 8.10. Well, aren't I an overachiever? Well, I believe you said see you here at 8. I said see them here at 8, not me. I was 9.15. So are we ready to go? I'm kind of excited to get this, uh, this job started. Yeah, where are we going again? Secretary. Um, we are going to... Secretary. Yes, see yeah. the secretary. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, that uh, Stan Brophy. We are going to... Office. Top floor, Homer Laughlin, 317 South Broadway, Klondike Bar, 4-9-6, Secretary Works, Morning Mayor Nelson. That's right. That's where we're headed. All right, let's head Boss, there. what did you have this morning to wake you up? You had way too much coffee. With a little bit of whiskey in it. Coffee, quotation fingers. I'll go hail us a cab. You guys come out front and we can... Uh, Head on down to 317 South Broadway. Uh, top floor, home alone. And you going to cab it? No, I got a car. Yeah, we don't want the boss to drive. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want to drive, Chuck? Most of the time, you Daniel, don't want listen. your car. Daniel, you know, out Daniel, of the parking listen garage. I need you to stop talking. I need it, okay? All right, so I'm going to drive us to uh, top floor, home alone, 317 South Broadway. That's all right, Danny. He's in a mood again. So you drive across town and arrive uh, a little bit. There's a bit of uh, traffic, oddly enough. And uh, you arrive uh, just a couple minutes past nine. All right, let's head in. So we're going to head up to the office. And there, there's uh, two elevators. Uh, one of them has an out-of-order sign on it. Elevator race! I suppose we should take the one that says out-of-order. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me get my gear out. We can scale the ropes. Can I get a uh, spot hidden from each of you? Yes. Hell yeah, you can. wonder what's up with this elevator. It was. Let's find <laughs> we out. Hot... We spot the hidden out of order sign. Yeah, I did it. All right, I needed the 93. <laughs> I rolled a 54. That's the other way, oh, buddy. Damn. Oh, man. If I say it fast enough, then you won't you won't notice. That's what I'm going with. So Sam <laughs> and Daniel uh, both succeed. It appears that the out-of-order sign is handwritten. 
and uh, appears to be fresh paint. On the sign? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, they freshly painted so the no, elevator. I thought maybe they painted the elevator. <laughs> I'm just saying. Freshly painted out of order sign. Okay. So you think it's actually out of order, or do you think someone's just trying to pull the old I want a private elevator gag? Just for fun, I push the button and see what happens. Uh, you push the button, and the one that is not out of order appears. Should have seen that one coming there, Sam. Well, shall we head up? <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right, so we head up to top floor Homer Laughlin. Uh, you arrive and uh, immediately see that the doors to the office that were closed yesterday are now open. Yay, we don't have to break and enter. Or at least the, the closed sign is gone. Sam, you do the talking until you say something wrong, and then I'll chime in. Hi, Mar- Mary? Uh, so you walk into the office... No, I just said that to the door. <laughs> the door's name is Mary. Hey, Mary? Is that you? He says it from where he was standing. He just says it really loudly. <laughs> Mary! <laughs> so you walk into the office, and uh, you see a uh, lady sitting behind a desk. And I, I actually have a picture of her. Mary Nelson. Mary Nelson. She looks sad. You know what she needs is a nice mustache. She she is uh, sitting at uh, a desk. Uh, this is a uh, outer waiting room, obviously, and you see a door to another office uh, that is closed. A couple things that you notice: there is a beautiful plate glass window against one side of the wall behind her desk that overlooks Mount Lee in the distance and the Hollywood sign oh, in cool. gigantic fifty foot letters Hollywood. on the uh, on the hillside. Yeah, it's Hollywood. They stole the D. <laughs> So uh, this woman is obviously a middle-aged lady, secretary, um, who is sitting at her desk. And she is basically typing up something. And she looks up when you you come in. She's like, yes, can I help you? Hi, Ms. Nelson? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. And you are? Hi. uh, We were hired by the studio to uh, track down Stan. Oh, God. Thankfully, somebody's looking for him. Yeah, is everything okay? Have you heard from him? No, it's been a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. That's not like him from what we know. Yes, that's exactly right. I just, I came in one day and he wasn't here, so I waited. Day goes by, it's nothing. I mean, he's on it. He's, he's, he's here all the time. Well, when he's not without with one of his floozies. Right. Now, we've heard the same thing. Do you know who he has been seeing lately by chance? We're wondering if he might have taken an impromptu vacation. Could you check your PDF? <laughs> yes, I'm ch- checking the PDF now. What's this PDF people keep talking about? Get ready, Wiki. Well, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing because, you know, I'm just not sure how much more I can do. Stay here. I've been here for two weeks. And, uh, you know, I have bills to pay. I've got a family to take care of. Have you not been paid? Well, no. I mean... He hasn't been in. I could probably last for a couple more weeks, but that's it. I've got to find another job. I completely understand. But we're hoping to find him within the week. So any information you can give us will be helpful. Even if you don't think it's important. I know, it could be I important. know. But, you know, how's a lady supposed to provide for her family with her boss gone and the paychecks dried up? I heard there's some street corners open over in the west side of the city. You know what? Let me let me speak with the, with the people who hired us at Paramount and see if they can cover your expenses while he's out, and then he can reimburse them when he comes back. Would that be Would that be sufficient? Well, there's no guarantee of that. Is that a cat? Well, we'll know by the end of the day. Well, hmm. I think she just wants you to give her money. I'm trying to avoid it. I don't have much. <laughs> yeah, but Chuck does. Not as much as he used to. 
Hey, I, I'm literally standing right here, guys. Hey, hey, Chuck, do you have anything you could throw her a $20 bill by her chance? I think she's looking to get some information. Fine. Yeah, we're going to start at 20 and see what, where we can go from I'll there. I'll hand you your $20. Here you go. Thank you. Would this help tide you over until we can speak with the studio later today? $20 doesn't really get a woman very far, does it, no? Well, I could probably do $20 more, but that's that's really it at, at this point, because we we're still need to go through our investigation. We don't get paid until we finish either. Okay, well, what do you want to know? She takes the 40 bucks. I want to know what you're going to do with that $40. <laughs> I got bills to pay, honey. Is there a chance that we could take a look inside of his office? Well, sure, I, I guess why not? I mean, the police have already been through there, so sure. So the police have been contacted? Well, of course. It's been weeks. They didn't tell us that. Who didn't tell you that? The studio that hired us didn't Alfred tell us. Hitchcock didn't tell involved. you that? <laughs> <laughs> He's known for being an open book. Well, we'd like to take a look anyway, if that's okay. Can yeah, you that's please fine. open up the office? She, she gets up, she takes a little key, unlocks it, and opens it up for you. Enjoy your $40 lunch. Sam, that $40 is coming out of your paycheck. Why don't you guys look? I'm going to go ahead and, and keep speaking with Mary and see if she has any other useful information. Meanwhile, in the office. <laughs> so, Daniel and Chuck enter the inner office. Uh, you do see a gray steel desk, a black rotary telephone, and comfortable black leather couch, two matching armchairs, and a small coffee table. You do detect that the office just reeks of stale cigarettes. Danny's upset there's no Rolodexes to finger things. There is actually a wheel dex on top of the... But that couch inspires me, Daniel. In 60 years, there's going to be this thing called the internet, and I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make my way over to the dex and... uh... Wait, Daniel. Basically, who's the last person he looked up how to contact? Ah, uh, smart thinking. So we're gonna walk over and see what the the uh, the roller or the uh, the decks is currently open to. If it is open to any specific name, it is uh, open to Gene Saint Jane. So, boss, it looks like the last person he pulled out of his decks was one Gene Saint Jane. Any what are the notes about it or anything like that? It says uh, 34 Greencrest Road, La Canada. Oh, I have an address for you. All right, and what about a relationship or notes or anything like that? That's it. Well, all right. That's all that's on that particular card. I want to I want to look at the telephone and see if there's anything odd or anything anything wrong with it. Appears to be a normal black rotary telephone. I mean, if the police were here then they already would have gone through the drawers and, and looked for anything that stands out as dramatically significant. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to take another look, would it? Yeah. Let's do a thorough look. They probably just skimmed. Let's really dig into it. Chuck, you dig into the desk drawers. The desk drawers are unlocked. In the upper left-hand drawer, uh, you find pens, pencils, spare notepads. The lower left-hand drawer holds a bunch of studio contracts for, I guess, Brophy's clients. The upper right-hand side drawer contains assorted paper napkins taken from various local eateries. A jam swing line stapler. Is it red? Oh my god. <laughs> it's my stapler. A mini bottle of Paul Jones whiskey. Snagging that one for the personal collection. Chuck, that's evidence. You're not allowed to take that. Fuck you, Daniel. A bottle of Anison tablets. A Hershey bar. Snagging that one for the personal collection. <laughs> and a fresh pack of Chestersons. Those are cigarettes? Yes. The lower right hand drawer contains a plain business envelope. Numerous issues of the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, and Confidential magazine. Assorted stationery and office receipts. Check the envelope. The envelope uh, has a bunch of money in it. 
snagging that for the personal collection. That sounds like evidence. <laughs> we must collect it. <laughs> so I feel like I should try to spot something hidden amongst the items. Go ahead and roll for it. Oh. I feel like Daniel should try to spot something hidden amongst the items. <laughs> you should really try that roll again, George. Honestly, if you never try, how are you going to know? <laughs> I mean, at first glance, without digging further, that appears to be all you see. Can we roll a second time for things outside the desk? Other anything else amongst the room? We'll, we'll, we'll call that good. What you've or, rolled now is, is good enough. Okay. Uh, I will only interject that, uh, like any good click-and-point adventure... There's always a spyglass. So, you know, if you if you want to take a closer look at something, you must tell me that you want to take a closer look at something. Don't just rely on a blanket spot-hidden roll. Uh, let's go quickly back to Sam and Mary Nelson. So, Mary, just between us girls? Yes. I know I have a burly voice, but... Yes, dear. Who, who was he seeing lately? I saw that he was dating Mary. Oh, you would not even believe oh. it. Oh, who? It's, who? It's that, that girl. Gene St. Jane. Gene? Yes. Can you I can't it? believe that he would, Gene would go out with It's them. in all the magazines. You know, like the ones in the drawer. Oh, the ones that they didn't spot? Yeah. Huh. No, they spotted them. They just didn't open them. Man, I thought about that too, and I'm like, what's in those? There's nothing in there. I even said it was Spank Magazine, and nobody heard that. At that point, Sam, the, the phone rings, mm-hmm. and Mary holds up a, a hand, and she oh, answers sure. it. She's like, hello? 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 Then she jams it down. She's like, ugh. What was that, Mary? Oh, probably some degenerate. They've been ringing up the office the last couple days, and they just don't say anything. They just listen. The last couple of days? Yeah. Has it happened? Did it happen before your boss And then the phone rings again. She picks it up. Hello? (sighs) She scowls and then hands it over to you. Let me hear it. Hello? This is Sam. Listen, roll, Sam. I'm not going to roll on the ground. I know that's what you want me to do. All right. You need a 50 or below and you're being a 92. You, you just hear a bunch of static. Stan, is that you? And then the line goes dead. Mary, how, how many times have you received these calls a day since Stan went missing? Oh, God. It seems like four or five times a day. Really? That many? Yes. Non-stop. Somebody should note that in the wiki. What's well, a wiki? That is uh, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if it's Stan trying to get a message to you, but he's not able to get through. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just some pervert. Yeah, that's a logical next jump. Jeez. <laughs> not like, could be someone with the wrong number. Has this happened at all before Stan was missing? Did you get calls like this all the time? Not all the time. No, I mean, it'd be occasional, but not like this. I think someone not knows a, that okay. he's gone and is just playing with Trying them. to take advantage of his, his Trying absence. to take advantage of me. I mean, she has 40 whole dollars. Have you had anybody in the office recently that that has has uh, implied anything towards you since Stan's been missing? Well, no, but, you know, he doesn't get much visitors here. He usually sees his people out at the studio. And that's the Paramount Studios where he usually meets his Well, his no, people. he works with everybody. He has Everybody, okay, everywhere. so all the studios. Yes. Is there any restaurant that he likes to, to go to regularly? Perhaps an Italian restaurant? Well, yes. He, he, he really likes the Brown Derby. I've never been to the Brown Derby. I've always wanted to go. The Pantry Cafe and Cole's P.E. Buffet. You get good shoe prices at Cole's. He collects their napkins. Really? Yes. So he's a thief. And, and then he keeps them in his drawer. I wonder how we would have found that out. I, For the life of me, I don't know. Boy, I'm getting a lot of useful information. I wonder how the boys are doing. <laughs> you know what? We rolled, okay? We tried our best. 
<laughs> I rolled two and failed, but I'm still getting it. <laughs> At the moment I decided to ignore yeah. the magazines, I regretted it. As soon as I heard magazines, I was like, there could be something in there. And instantly I was like, no, if George, If only there was someone that knew that we should take a look at these things that could communicate to them, to people who were, you know, in the room that could look at those things. I mean, if only we could hear the conversation taking place like less than 10 feet away from us. So Mary. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Does he have a little hideaway? I know some of the... The agents and producers have a little place where they go and take the girls. Oh, uh, no, Stan's pretty above board. I mean, if, if he's going to go anyplace, it'll be his house. Well, good for him. Good for him. Um, do you by chance have his address so we can swing by and see if maybe he's there? I don't know if you've tried that, but we would love to have that opportunity. Yes, I've been there. The police have been there. But, yeah, I'm okay. happy to give you his address. Thank you so much. Does he have a phone in his residence as well? Mm-hmm. Yep, and he gives you gives you the number. Oh, Klondike 9482. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And what's his address? It is, or not in the PDF. It's 124 Hollywood Boulevard Drive. That is a weird address. That's exactly the address. You know, there there is one other thing. Yes? What is it? You know, I did I did find a little something. In his office? or? Well, yeah, I found this in his office before the police came. It's probably nothing. And she hands you a little small crumpled sheet of paper. Open it up and read it. It says, Con Friday night with JSJ. What was the name of the girl that he dated that nobody wrote down? Oh, please. As if. It's in the wiki. <clears throat> Jean St. Jane. Jean St. Jane. What is Con? C O N. Oh, that uh, stands for Constitution. <laughs> Roll for Constitution. I'm going to bring this note in and show the guys. Say, Mary, excuse me, real quick, Mary. I'm going to just check on the boys. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to go in and show them. Hey, guys, Mary found this note before the police got here. What is it? There's no dates or anything, but it's obviously a meetup on Friday night. Friday night with Jay. I'm assuming... Gene St. James. Why is the C and the N capitalized? It's got to be a location. Uh, Either a location or it means that it's three words. C... Oh, lowercase might be like an of. Probably C of something. An of or an on. Did you guys find anything in the drawers or anything? Some magazines. We haven't finished looking yet. Some napkins. C C of N. Call of Nathulu. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. Let let me check in the drawers and see if I see anything. Okay, Sam. I already got the chocolate bar. It's mine. Chuck is drunk in the corner. Daniel's got chocolate all around his mouth. We didn't find anything. What what magazines were you talking about, Daniel? Oh, in uh, one of the bottom drawers, there were a bunch of old Hollywood tabloid-type magazines. Hollywood Reporter, Variety, and Confidential. I'm going to go take a peek at those real quick. Why don't you give me a spot hidden? Wow, these are some nice-looking magazines. <laughs> you need a 76 or below. You roll a 29. That is a success. And uh, you do see that many of the magazines feature stories on rising starlet Jean St. Jane... And the pages have been tabbed with folded corners. The articles in the Reporter and Variety are professional and mildly complimentary. The stories about St. Jane and Confidential, however, are far more salacious, suggesting within an inch of libel that the actress is promiscuous and enjoys perverse diversions to satisfy her jaded appetites. Did you guys see this article? Uh, Yeah, but why don't you summarize it for us anyway? We know what it is. We just want to make sure that you know what it is. So why don't you go ahead and tell us? <laughs> I think our first priority should be to track down this gene. 
and find out what Luckily she Luckily for you, the card in his Rolodex over here was turned to it, and it has her address. Excellent. I think that is our first step. 34-something-something road in La Canada. <laughs> Greencrest Road. Did you guys find anything else in the drawers at all? A bunch of napkins. Why would he have napkins in his drawer? Maybe he's just really messy. We found money, but I didn't think that was worth mentioning because it's not really outrageous for someone to have money in their desk. I agree. Yeah, They have to have money to uh, grease the palms, as you may say. That was um, unnecessary. Anyway. Well, I found a couple restaurants that he he liked to, uh, to visit. So... Um, we can we can also check those, but I think our first our first choice. What do you think, boss? Is to go check out Jean. Do we know where to find? Yeah, Jean? I mean we have an address, right? Yeah. But do- I'm not sure what she's working on right now. What project she's do on? Do any of but, the uh, do any of the magazines say anything about where she is right now? Uh, no, I mean they're magazines, so they're not like the internet. Oh. No, I mean like one of the articles writing about oh this is what she's up to now kind of. Basically, the magazines are more like weekly okay. papers, so mm-hmm. there's nothing really specific. Well, let's just go check the house then, and we'll go from there. We can always stake it out if she doesn't seem to be there yeah. if we want to. And we could check his house. Let's, you know, we just got to start somewhere, so let's go there first. So, do we all want to uh, head to Jean's, or do we want to split and have someone go over to Brophy's? Let's just stay together for now. Okay. All right. Are we checking Jean's, or are we checking his home address? Because I have his home address. Let's check Jean first. And that's entirely based on a hunch and not actually any logic. Boss, why don't we swing by his house first and see if he's there? If he's there, this cuts everything short and we're good to go. Sure. So where does he live, Sam? He lives at 142-something-something-something Hollywood Boulevard. It's Hollywood. But anyway, (laughs) let's drive there. So we'll hop in the car and head that way. Goodbye, Mary. Thank you so much for the information. Enjoy that $40 lunch. Well, you know, I I, I could use a little bit more... We're going to go talk with the studio and see if we can make sure to cover your your salary until he is returned. Young lady, I know how studios work, and I'll only be here another two weeks. He should be back within the week. But if, if we can't find him, then you're more than free to go find another job. Well, okay. I wish you luck on your investigation. Thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate it. Have a nice day. You too. And you go to the elevators, and they both appear to be in order. Oh, shit. Great maintenance in this building, huh? Wait a minute. Do we remember which one we got out of? The one without the out-of-order sign. I want to get back in that one. So you press the button, I assume? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We hold a ritual to summon the elevator. Both elevators open. That's strange. Okay. I want to get in the one that we exited out of. You you enter the uh, the elevator and take it down to the ground floor. And you get out and start to walk out the lobby. And you see the sign is still there, out of order, on the other elevator. Guys, uh, the sign is still on the elevator saying out of order. But, I mean, we clearly all saw both elevators open. Right. I mean, it could be stuck wherever it is. could be stuck on that it floor. Stuck on the sec- on the fourth floor. There's a million and one ways for an elevator to be broken it down. It could have turned into a portal to hell. Sam? Yes. Sam notices you're pretty sure the R was the other way previously. It's now backwards. The The last R is backwards. You didn't notice that before. It's very strange. Guys, did you notice the the spelling on the sign? Hey, 
Hard to find quality help in these immigrants nowadays, you know? We should send them all back to Mexico. Make Mexico pay for it. 2016. Unbelievable. Election humor that people won't understand because this is not the day before the election. It's the end of the world as we know it. Anyway, I don't know what to make of that, so let's just keep going. So we're not going to go back up and hop into the out-of-order elevator. I'm tempted Do you guys want to? Uh, I've always wanted to be in my own episode of The Twilight Zone. I'm going to try something real quick. Will you wait down here for me? Uh, what are you going to do? I don't know about you going alone. I'll bring Daniel with me. Danny, come on. Well, at this point, let's all go. Because I'm not going to be the one murdered down here. It's like Scooby-Doo. The one person that stays back always dies. I'll be right back. So let's all hop in the elevator and head back up to the top floor. Okay, you arrive back at the top floor. And I'm going to hit the button again. So you step out of the elevator, I assume? Yep, yep. We're going to step out of the elevator. Let the elevator close. step out of the elevator, and you see there's a sign on the elevator that says out of order. Well, we missed that opportunity. What the hell is going on here? I'm going to take a look around the hallway and make sure Rod Sterling is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Rod Sterling is nowhere to be found. Guys, this is this is getting weird. I hope it's not another Yorba Linda Well, thing. I mean, what do we have? We have an out-of-order elevator that may or may not have been out of order and a creepy voice on the end of a telephone. And at least 100 Italian restaurants. In the amount of time it took us to come down the elevator, go back up the elevator... A sign could not have been placed that quickly. I mean, it could have, but it would have been very weird for a maintenance person to just. And be we probably out. would have seen somebody working on it, on the sign, or putting up the information, putting up the blockage. So, what do we do with that information? Can I pry the doors open? Danny, tell me again what you heard on the phone when you called. There was a double. It rang three times, and there was a double click, and then it sounded like a voice far off in the distance. It was a high-pitched, tinny voice. What did the voice sound like? Can you can you mimic it? Can you repeat what it sounded like to me? Can you hear me? Or something to that effect. It sounds like a child almost. Guys, I'm not sure what's happening here, but... I don't know. What do we, I don't know what we do with this, though. That's the only thing. Is I just don't know where... Let's, let's move forward and see where Make it Make a mental us. note about that elevator. Push. The, let's push the button again and see if it comes down. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Chuck. Push the button. So, again. I mean, we'll have to, like, push, like, a button on the first one. Like, floor one or whatever, so it goes away. The elevator does, and then that way the second one will be forced to come up if it does. Otherwise, All right, the first well, let's, let's go ahead and go down and, and get to the car and... and uh, and go from there. You don't and want to try and get, get this down, out there? Let's look and see. I'll make a note in the wiki and we'll come back to it later. <laughs> yeah, no, let's, I, I say let's investigate it. Yeah, let's try to call it. Push the button again and see what happens. All right, pushing the button again to seeing what happens. Okay, you push the button and the elevator that you came in on opens. Okay, so I want to go in that one and push the button for floor one and then close the doors, get out of it. And then as it goes down, we'll push the button on our floor again. And now, if the other one's operating, it'll come get us, because the other one's on its way down. Oh, I see what you're doing. A few minutes goes by, and the the original elevator comes back up. You sure you don't want me to try and pull the doors open, see if we can't... Danny, let's try it real quick. Why not? So Dan's going to... Roll for elevator Walk opening. over to the out-of-order doors and attempt to pry them open. They seem to uh, open up very easily, and you see a yawning chasm. Must be tired. The shaft. Okay, so it's not here... And we can't see all the way to the bottom. Do you see an elevator at all, Danny? Do any of us carry a flashlight? Uh, I don't. I carry a camera. I suppose I could have a flash on it. Five days to get your film developed. No, it wouldn't even be about a picture. It would just be about absorbing as much information as we can in that one-tenth of a second flash. This is strange, guys. I'm just putting that out there. Something might be going on here. But let's try it. All right, so everyone lean over the elevator. I'm going to take a picture facing down. I pushed Danny in. No. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Chuck, you snap a... Selfie. 
All I want, all I'm looking for is to see if we have a, the rough location of the elevator. Maybe we can tell what floor it's on. With the flash of light is what we're using. You can see no sign of the elevator. Oh, we're on the top floor. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we want to go down to one of the lower floors. Maybe the, because there might be people in and out on the main floor. What if we tried the second floor? When we took the flash photo, about how far? If we're judging by the sides of the walls of the elevator shaft, how far down were we looking? Like, could we see 10 feet of wall, 4 feet of wall? How much did the light from the flash light up the area? You could see down to maybe the bottom of the third floor. Let's have Sam stay here in the elevator shaft, listening and looking for movement. And then me and Dan will go down to the second floor and try and open that one up. And we'll take the stairs. Cardio. All right, so let's do that. Me and Daniel head downstairs to the second floor. Mm Mm-hmm. And Daniel, try and open up the elevator. Opens up rather easily, and you can see that the elevator is there, and it is stuck between the uh, second and first floors. Okay, and no one's in it? Uh, Nope, you don't see anybody in it. Daniel, the only thing about getting into it is it's going to be a guillotine if it starts Yeah, that's what worries me. I like being in one piece. I'm going to yell down the shaft. Do you guys see anything? We found the elevator. It's stuck down here halfway between first and second floors if you want to come down. I'll be right down. So uh, literally halfway, like there's not a slight uh, a slight bias towards either floor? I would say it's closer to the first floor. Oh, but see, the problem is if we go to the first floor, we're climbing up, which takes a lot longer to get in. Not to mention, I don't know how the building personnel are going to take to us prying open their elevator doors and climbing into an elevator that is clearly marked out of order. It's a little four-story office building. I don't think there's a bunch of people caring about this. Dan, I'm almost wondering if you should just run and jump in really fast. Because it's, it's below you, so all you have to do is kind of just slide along the floor, and you'll slide right in. So the risk of harm doesn't seem significant to me. But it's your body, so I'm going to tell you to do it. So how much of the elevator would you say is on the, like, visible? 25%. Can I climb onto the top of the elevator and hop in through the emergency hatch on the top? Sure. Dan is going to climb on top of the elevator and feel around until he finds... As soon as you get on top of the elevator, you start hearing creakings and groanings. Get off, get off, get off, get off, get off, Okay, okay, okay. Dan's going to come back over and... uh, Because if it starts going up and you don't have time to get in... What's going to happen? Let's go back to the original plan. Because do you see what I'm saying? If you're on top of it, it starts going all the way up. Then you're going to be in accordion. But if you just do the original plan and just slide in, then I don't see what could really go wrong. I think the problem is not it going up. I think the problem is it suddenly dropping down. Well, you're halfway off the first floor. It's a six-foot drop. Worst case scenario. Just what did Mythbusters say about jumping when an elevator falls? (laughs) It wasn't invented yet. Move on. I guess I'm going to wiggle in through the uh, opening, see if I can't get inside the elevator car that way instead. Why don't you give me a luck roll? 25% is like two and a half feet. You don't have to wiggle in. So you managed to wiggle into the opening, and you're now in the cart, and it's uh, relatively dark. Well, I mean, if, if it's between floors and we have the doors open, there should be some light shining in, right? Yep. There's, there's Enough to get by at least. But there's no light within the cart. Well, it uh, looks like a normal elevator from in here, boss. Take a good long look at everything. Control panel, lights. Really, the control panel is the biggest thing. Dan is going to, as best as he can in the dim light, scrutinize the control panel of the elevator. Looks like a normal elevator control panel. Has it been opened? Like, uh, are there signs of, like, tools trying to pry the panel open? Uh, Not that I can tell. No. Okay. We don't have a flashlight. He can see well enough, and uh, it appears to be intact. So it looks like it's just a stuck elevator. Okay, do we have any other ideas, or should we just move on? I say we make a note, and we move on. Yeah, this seems like a dead... At least for now, it seems like a dead end. 
I'm not saying it's not significant. I'm saying we don't have a next step right now. It's just strange happenings again, guys. Stranger things are happening. One, one more thing. Is there a receptionist at this building, or is it just like every business has their own? Uh, every business has their own. Or like a doorman, any sort of... Nope. There didn't need... There wasn't security back then. No, no security, no doorman. Daniel, you're in the elevator. How are you going to get out of there? Well, I suppose crawling back out the way I came in is a possible. No, 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 no. You want me to try and pry open the first floor doors from in here? Try it. Yeah, try if you can, because that's definitely the safest route. Dan is going to duck down and, and attempt to pull open the first floor doors from inside the elevator. That's going to be a little more difficult just because of where you're at and leverage. Uh, so why don't you give me a strength roll? Luckily, I have a good bit of strength. Unfortunately, you failed your strength roll, so you can't open the door. And then you start to hear a metallic tapping underneath you. You hear on this, boss? Yeah. There's some sort of weird... What? What is that sounds sound? like tapping. Metal on metal. Metallica. Uh, Dan's going to drop down and put his ear to the floor. See if he can't make anything else out of it. You hear sort of a metallic groaning and some tapping sounds. Guys, the uh, floor under the elevator is groaning. I don't think it's the floor. It's probably somebody under there. And that's when the elevator drops. And that's where we're going to call this episode. Oh, and if I die, I blame Chuck. Dumb bastard. I will haunt you for the rest <laughs> of your days. Oh, that was good. So that is the end of episode 10. We're going to take a couple of minutes to do some recommendations and shout outs. I'll start things off with uh, a recommendation. I highly recommend the original Fright Night movie. Uh, I recently saw this with Matt and Brian at his house. I assume you guys loved it. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Are you kidding me? Roddy McDowell, Chris Sarandon is an amazing vampire. I had the opportunity to watch it again with my wife on Halloween night, which was even better than I remember. So it, we had a lot of fun with that. I highly recommend that. The The remake's not too bad, but it's certainly not the, the perfect movie that Fright Night is. Fright Night's one of my favorite films of all time. So Now, was he a fruit bat? Because he took that huge bite out of the apple. Oh, I love that. That's the running joke. When you think about it, I think there is a sexuality to him, obviously. Yes. Uh, but it's a, it's one of those sexuality things. So the fruit bat, and then his name is Dandridge, which is, uh, it could be like dandy and ridge, so it's like male-female. So mm -hmm. I think there's this undercurrent of like polysexuality, which I think is really interesting. It didn't occur to me. I've seen this movie like, God, I don't know, 12 times. At least. And, yeah. And, and it was just that viewing on Halloween that I thought, oh, okay, that might be what they're trying to do here. That was really interesting. The other thing I thought, too, was like, uh, okay, so when he has uh, Charlie up in his room and he is going to impale him with the, the window that has the nails in it, right? He forces Charlie out the window and is, is getting ready to do that. I thought that could be like penetration. Yes. So that was, you know, sort right, of like right, 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 right. Anyways, I, I find that film fascinating. I think it's amazing. So uh, how about you guys, Brian? What you, any recommendations this week? Yeah, I've got a, a game that I've been playing on my phone called Shadow Wars. It's kind of like a card game battle of strengths, but with upgradability. It's got a little bit of a, uh, a Tetris-type puzzle to power up your... They're actually monsters in order to give them abilities and a little bit more strength in their attack that they, they, they do to the other. But what I like about it is it's supported extremely well. They just had an event for Halloween, which was pretty fun. But they also had missions that, a storyline, where you can actually go through 
different cities to clear out dens of monsters and compete. So you have a story mode, and you also have a syndicate mode where you can play online against other people. So it's really in-depth. It's, uh, it's a fun game. I really enjoy it. I haven't done anything online, the syndicate part. I haven't done that yet to compete against other players, but the story mode is, is pretty interesting so far. And that's, a, that's an app, right? It's an app, yep. George, how about you? I've been messing around with a simulator from Steam called Liftoff, which is a drone flying simulator. Really realistic, really well done. The physics, especially for people uh, like me who actually have racing drones, you can tweak it so that it the physics behave just like your regular one. Uh, and it, the graphics are um, solid for what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's pretty cheap, too. It's well worth the money. I think it's 20 bucks. And Matthew, how about you, buddy? Uh, tonight, I'm going to recommend something from a company that I've enjoyed for quite some time. They make very lovely party games that you can play with all of your friends and family, and they just recently came out with their latest installment. So uh, I would like to have everyone say hello to the Jackbox Party Pack number three. Third in a series of really awesome games that are available anywhere, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. The trip of it is everyone uses their phones or their tablet as a controller. So there's no need to have an actual physical controller or a mouse or a keyboard for everyone. Due to this really unique way of playing the games, you don't even have to be in the same room to play with people. You can stream it out over the internet like we are and you can play with people anywhere in the world sounds like a good time yeah it's fun i'm excited to try three yeah i remember we played uh one of those back in the day the second one yeah i thought it was a lot of fun i like the just the randomness of the of the uh, categories and stuff yeah this has uh, another great set of games four completely new ones that are never been seen before and then one sequel to a very popular game from a previous box that'll do it for recommendations and i just want to give a quick shout out to one particular podcast uh that i've enjoyed for uh many months now uh it's called the x files files and uh it is a podcast, obviously, about the X-Files. Kamel Nanjiani. He's a comedian. You've seen him on uh, Portlandia and that so forth. And he is a huge X-Files fan and started this podcast. Essentially, he was going to go and watch each episode in order. And I've been following that. But uh, at some point, he got tapped to actually star in the new X-Files season, season 10. And he appears there. And at that point, he stopped posting reviews or, or podcasts about the old shows. And we're not quite sure whether or not he's going to pick that up again. But what he has done so far is really good. So I encourage everybody to go check that out if they can. Nice. That's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out from Beyond the Veil with any comments or reviews. We are now on iTunes, Google Music, and Stitcher. So would appreciate your five-star reviews. Only five-star, please. And keep sharing if you like what you hear. Uh, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com and on Twitter at lovecrafttapes or reddit.com slash r slash thelovecrafttapes or facebook.com slash lovecrafttapes. I'm sensing a theme. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at boomstickbrew. And if you want to subscribe to the Elevator Maintenance Monthly, follow me on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. I sold my laptop for crack. No social media for me this week. I will be signing up with my... First Twitter shortly. Well, that's it. Have a good night and thanks for listening. Bye. 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 The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2016. For more information and advertising opportunities, please send an email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. <laughs>